you would accept that, that having a, a slightly more reformed mayoral system could could work? As a potential, obviously, it, there's, there's a lot of different elements to it. I think one thing that I think was very good about George's cabinet was having that rainbow cabinet and the very start of, of Marvin's cabinet as well. Um, so you can see that voices from across the political divide are represented. Um, so if you could have some sort of mandated thing on that, um, something along the lines of that a mayor can't overrule the majority of full council, which he can. I'm Neil Maggs, and this is Bristol Unpacked, speaking to fascinating Bristolians on topics where others may fear to tread. Brought to you by the city's community-owned media, The Bristol Cable. Hello, welcome back to Bristol Unpacked. This is going to be a little bit different, as it will in the next three or four episodes, because we have a referendum on. Yes, we are going to vote on May the 5th for the future of Bristol's politics. Do we scrap a mayoral system in favour of a committee system or do we keep it? Let's give some context to this. In 2012, Bristol was the only city in the UK to vote for a directly elected mayor. And when I do say Bristol, it wasn't many of us. It was only 24% turnout. 53% voted for the mayor. So what many saw as wasted years of council infighting, wanting strong leadership and overall political control. This was replaced by another form of council infighting, though, um, where people see too much control and too much leadership in the hands of Mayor George Ferguson and now Mayor Marvin Rees. So the opposition councillors from the Greens, the Lib Dems and the Tories all banded together to secure a referendum to decide what we do. And the vote is A... We keep the system and people supporting it say it's vital to getting stuff done and having recognisable leadership across the country and internationally. Opponents say it's fundamentally undemocratic. Too much power in the hands of one person and councillors are being ignored. Other people want to vote for the committee system where councillors will be heard and there will be proportional representation on committees, and they say that power and decision-making will be kind of devolved and will be shared. Critics say this will lead to complete deadlock. No clear leadership, no decision-making. There is some different positions in different political parties, though, that we need to add that. A big question remains, does anyone really care? Not many people are talking about this on the doorstep, but it does matter because your city and your community will be affected because, in effect, how power is wielded and money spent will be decided. So, you can find out all about all this if you listen to us. Also, the cable will be doing other kind of things related to the mayoral referendum. But for now, have a listen, make your mind up. Hopefully, it will be interesting, hopefully a bit entertaining, and it will shed some light on what you might decide to do on the referendum on May the 5th. And in this episode, we talk to the very person who put forward the motion of the mayoral referendum into the chamber in Bristol. It's Alex Hartley, the Liberal Democrat councillor for Hotwells and Harbourside. You are, uh, in effect, the person that brought the um, brought it to the vote for the mayoral referendum, didn't you? Yes, it, it was my motion that uh, councillors voted on. It certainly wasn't just me, but um, yeah, it was it was my motion itself, but backed up by uh, a host of other parties. 
So you must be quite popular within your own party, but not very popular um, with sections of the Labour Party then, I would imagine. No, I'd, I'd imagine not. <laughs> I, I, I pride myself on being a thorn in the, the mayor's side, to be honest. You um, do? Okay. So yeah. It means I'm <laughs> representing the voice of my residents. Um, but no, very popular within, within the Lib Dems. And your area is Hotwells and Harborside, uh, but you're also the whip, aren't you? You're the group whip for, for uh, Liberal. Not anymore, actually, no. I've uh, stepped up from that role. No, yeah, it's uh, Sarah Classic is now the whip. I've oh, had uh, okay. too many things on with, with other other work, so I'm just concentrating on Hotwells now. Okay, cool. Um, I just want to read out a quote from you. Um, Imagine a city where the leader rules with absolute power and checks and balances on the city government have been eroded away. Public money is spent snooping on people's social media. Big business has, has an overwhelming level of control on policy and public services are stripped away while millions are wasted on pet projects. This is not a city in a post-Soviet oligarchy or a Latin American kleptocracy but Bristol under a mayoral system. That's quite dramatic, isn't it? Yeah, I think there's there's always a certain amount of drama when you're in the council house in terms of the duration and the speeches, but I think it's a very accurate representation. Um, really? Have you, have you been to a Latin American kleptocracy or a post-Soviet oligarchy? <laughs> well, no, uh, but from, from what I've read and from the situations that I've heard about, it's, it's very similar. Um, in terms of just the, the complete lack of accountability there is in Bristol. Mm. Through, through Very similar to a Latin American club. Okay. It, surely it's a bit hyperbolic, that, isn't oh, it? Okay, yeah. As I said, when you're in the chamber, there is a bit of a flair for the dramatic, um, which I wouldn't speak like that if I was talking to residents on the streets of Holwells on the outside. But I think it, it gets the point across that there is this lack of accountability. With is that it's almost by design? You, you, you kind of ham it up a little bit so it gets picked up by the, by the media or, or so... Um, it's kind of heard to make a point more strongly. I think, yeah, it, if you if you have the rhetoric, then it makes the point in a much stronger way as opposed to just saying something, you know, off the cuff. Um, so I think, yeah, it makes sense to take time to make sure what you're saying really gets across the power of what you're trying to say. Um, so wh- how would you respond to people that say that what you're really doing is exaggerating and, and over-egging um, the mayor's power? Well, I, I don't think I am. Aside from planning and licensing, the mayor basically does have absolute power. Um, all, all key decisions go through him. They nominally go through cabinet, but the previous cabinet member, Paul Smith, said that the public meetings are only just to confirm what's already been discussed in private. So especially when you've got a situation now in Bristol where Labour are the joint largest group, you know, they're not even, they don't have a majority, but they're still able to put through whatever they want against against the will of other elected councillors. And it could even be a majority of elected councillors. For instance, with the arena decision, majority of councillors voted to have it in the city centre and Mayor Reese decided, no, it's going to go up to Filton. So, th- yeah, there is a, a, a level of autocratic thinking in, in, the, in the way that the mayoral office is. But isn't in politics? Don't, doesn't there need to be sometimes tough and unpopular and strong decisions made from leaders? Um, <laughs> yes, there can be on occasion, but I think it's if that leader has a mandate to do that, then there's certainly potential for that. But when you've got so many people saying no, we think, like for instance, again on the arena, when you have so many elected councillors representing people from all across the city voting to have it in the city centre for one person to unilaterally decide, no, it's going to go somewhere else, 
that that's not right to me. Have you always had that view? Yeah, no, the mayoral system. Were you the same when, when George was was mayor? Yeah, um, it's been ever since I've been in Bristol. I've, I've thought that the mayoral system has got some some serious faults, and I'm at both the local and the national level. I think it makes more sense to devolve power down to the lowest possible level, put power into the community's hands. At the end of the day, a community knows what's best for it, not some whether it's uh, a civil servant in Whitehall or someone in the mayor's office. People in Hot Wells know what it matters to Hot Wells. People in Ashley know what matters to Ashley. People in Hackcliffe know what matters in Hackcliffe. Um, Has this always been the Liberal Democrats? Because um, <clears throat> I, mean, I guess what I'm trying to push to is why now? Um, why not, uh, you know, previously under, obviously George Ferguson was himself previously a, a Liberal Democrat councillor. Yeah. I didn't see so much noises about trying to get rid of the mayoral role when George was in. So I didn't know whether you felt you felt differently or the Liberal Democrats themselves felt differently then? No, unfortunately, it's, it's a legislative thing. Um, as part of bringing in the mayoral role, it had to be a minimum of 10 years before you could have a referendum on it. Um, so we basically had to wait until... 2022 um before we could we could have the referendum and that was that was brought forward was that brought forward by or proposed by the liberal democrats originally and it was voted for uh, in the context of the 10 year um 10 year cycle when you could uh, have a vote in in the in the house for a referendum. Yeah, originally the legislation didn't contain anything about um, having a referendum, being able to change your mind, um, and that was uh, Baroness Barbara Jank who really pushed for that and was able to. Who is, who is that. a Liberal Democrat? Yeah, yeah, um, and she was able to secure that, which is is a, is a good thing. I think people should be able to change their mind, especially when the, the situation changes as it has done in Bristol. And you obviously had a, a, a your Liberal Democrat candidate uh, for, for 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 mayor who was standing on a get rid of get rid of the mayor ticket but she only got 11% of the vote and the the, the conservatives candidate got 18% so is there um you know it doesn't sound like there's much of a mandate to get rid of them of the mayor then well i think at the end of the day that that'll be decided in the referendum from for me and for the Lib Dems, I ran on a platform when I was speaking to voters, I promised to try and scrap the role of mayor. So I want to deliver on the promise that I made to voters. You actually had that, that, that was going to be one of my thoughts. You actually put that in, that was kind of quite clear before you were elected. That was on all my literature. It was one of my, my key three points um, all the way through. And as it was for all, all the Lib Dems uh, across, across Bristol that ran. So we, as a, as a party, had, had made a decision about our policy and we put it to the electorate. And okay, in some worlds we didn't win, but in the ones that we did win, we have an obligation now to try to do our utmost to so achieve. So there is some level of consistency then in the Lib- Liberal Democrats' position on this, which you could argue there isn't with the Greens, because obviously the Greens put a candidate forward, Sandy Hall-Ribbon, who did stand um, to have the position. And then all of a sudden, because there isn't a rainbow cabinet, perhaps because they expected to have more councillors in, in, in cabinet decision-making positions and that hasn't happened, you know, they've, they've kind of changed their, their, their view or they've changed their policy. Yeah. I'd say, so the only thing with the Greens is because maybe it's because they're not, no, they're not whipped, but they don't really listen. None of them stick to a party policy that, that well. So you've got some people who are very anti-mayoral system, very pro uh, committee. You've got others who are slightly more pro-mayoral. Um, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, he, he himself is is um, one of the voices that's one, wanting to, Sally Hall even wanting to keep the, um, the mayoral role, isn't he? 
well, what's been put out there is that there's never been a um, a campaign for greater democracy that's got rid of a vote. And you have had just, you know, Mayor Marvin Reese has been, you know, people of Bristol have, have, have voted him in, that, you know, they've rejected the, the um, as I said, the Liberal Democrat candidate on 11%. Um, Dr. Caroline Gooch, they've rejected Alison Watson on 18%. Um, for a party like the Liberal Democrats that sort of prides itself on process and, and voting, is, is this not a bit of a cheap shot? No, I don't think so, because I think when it comes to the council elections, people weren't just basing their decision on a single issue. It wasn't just about who's going to get rid of the mayor or who's going to keep the mayor. It's who's I don't going know, to be... it was plastered all over a Twitter account. That, I think it was get rid of the mayor was, was the actual handle, wasn't it? It was very implicit. I mean, I did interview him. That, that seemed to be the really, really key thing, that if I, was, if I wanted to get rid of the mayor, then I would have thought, let me vote for Liberal Democrat. No, but then, like I said, people have got many reasons for voting for different ways, um, and that will certainly come into come into it. I think the fact that perhaps other parties will have had a significantly larger budget to spend um, than, than the Lib Stems is will have influenced the decision as well in terms of how many votes we get because we couldn't put as much literature out as, as Labour could or et cetera. Um, and I think... What about the vote itself, then? What about the vote itself, Um do you, Alex? Do you do you see it as it's quite it's quite a binary vote, isn't it? In out, it doesn't leave any you know any kind of place for re- reform in any way. No, no, and it's that, that's a shame. But unfortunately, again, that's it's part of the legislation. Um, you could only have a binary choice. The, the the words that are on the paper are already written, um, so you can swap from mayoral to leader and cabinet, or mayoral to committee, or vice versa. Any combination of those three, uh, but that's would it. you have liked there to have been more nuance? Um, yes, I would have liked there to be more nuance, but the problem with that is it would have had to go through Parliament, um, and there was very little appetite <laughs> for that, to say the least. So. So you would accept that you would accept that the, having a, a slightly more reformed mayoral system could could work as a potential. Obviously, it, there's there's a, a lot of different elements to it. I think one thing that I think was very good about George's cabinet was having that rainbow cabinet uh, and the very start of, of Marvin's cabinet as well. Um, so you can see that voices from across the political divide are represented. Um, so if you could have some sort of mandated thing on that, um, something along the lines of that a mayor can't overrule. The majority of full council, which he can. Um, so there's possible options there, but unfortunately, that's that's not going to happen. Um, we've not seen any appetite from from Mayor Reese or from um, from George to to offer reform when they were in power. Um, so we, we have to go down the only available opportunity to us, which in this case, is, is going for the committee system, which I actually think is better than the mayoral system anyway, just because we'll it is get on more... To the, we'll get on to the, to, the, uh, to the pros and cons of the, of the committee system in a while. But, I mean, does, would it be fair to say this sort of feels a bit like Bristol's Brexit? <laughs> it's kind of, you know, kind of in or out. And obviously, being a Lib Dem, you, you would be sort of fiercely, uh, uh, you know, wanting to remain, remain and being critical of the binary nature of, of Brexit. Yes, uh, definitely. I, I wasn't I certainly wasn't a fan of the Brexit referendum, but in, you know, in in this case, is this not another example of politicians? You know, this is this the politicians brought that, didn't they? That within the Conservative Party, that was an argument, an internal argument that was thrust upon the population. Is this not also uh, a spat between opposition councillors and the mayor that the whole city has been dragged into? No, because the reason that we've put it as 
at the core of our policy is because we're hearing it on the doorsteps the amount of people who've told us how how frustrated they were with the marriage process, how frustrated they were that they weren't being listened to, whether it's on Cumberland Basin, whether it's on Jubilee Pool, whether it's on Brisbane Meadows. We're, we're just seeing again and again local people's views being completely ignored by the administration. So the reason it is our policy is because people told us that was what was important to, to them. So it's nothing to do with, with not being listened to in, in the chamber as a councillor? Well, at the end of the day, when we're not being listened to, it's our residents that aren't being listened to, um, which that's the, the frustrating thing for them and for us. We, everyone who gets into local politics is not some power-mad, um, crazy politico. We're people who just want to help our local areas. And unfortunately, in the mayoral system, we're not able to do that as well as we would like. This is the advert bit. Again, if you want to fast forward, please do so. Bristol Cable, we are in need of more members. We want to sustain our public model of ownership and we want to use it to talk about interesting things in the city, controversial things, challenging topics. That's online, this podcast, in the newspaper and events that we do all across the board. So please check out the website and if you want to chuck some money in and become a member of the Bristol Cable, that would be brilliant. Back to the chat. Had a Liberal Democrat um, won, would your position be the same? Yes. Okay. Would that be true of all Liberal Democrats, do you think? Yes. Yeah, if you're honest, you're, obviously, you as a party, you have a lot to gain by creating a referendum or, or removing a mayor because the likelihood of getting a Liberal Democrat is pretty low. And well, you, will, you will have a lot to gain in terms of in terms of influence under under a committee system. So is this are you play? Are some of you playing party politics, as the mayor would would would, say, would suggest? That's his, his favourite phrase. Um, no, I don't think that we're playing party politics. As I said, we just want to represent our residents, and we can't do that under a mayoral system. And really, we, is that clear cut? You really think you can't in any way? Not to the extent that we, we need to. We need councillors need to be able to have an active role in decision making that is open and 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 more democratic. And unfortunately, the mayoral system is it's not accountable. It's not open. We haven't seen too many secret meetings and secret payoffs, etc. Um, so How much no, for that for you is to do with the role or or the personality? No, I think it's, well, it's to do with the role. At the end you of do. the day, the Bristol Mayor has got so much power that. It doesn't matter who has has it, you know. It's it's always tempting to say, "Oh, well, we could just do this, we could just do that, and we can get this through." And you know, it's it's not about the individuals. And do you know? Well, is that entirely true, though, Alex? Because I think there is an there is an argument to to to, to put forward that had Mayor Marvin Reese been more collegiate in his approach and had a rainbow cabinet, as you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. perhaps after this election, you know, particularly now that the, the Greens are on, you know, the same amount of seats. Yeah, as as Labour, had he done that, do you think the vote would have actually got through? Because you needed the Greens to push it through, didn't you? Yeah, no, I think if if Marvin had offered a, a whole series of cabinet posts to the Greens, then no, they wouldn't have backed it, and it wouldn't have got through. Um, so, so are you pleased that, that that that's happened then? I'm not pleased. I, I don't I don't want Bristol to have to go through a referendum to to spend the money to do all this. But at the end of the day, it's going to be in the best interests in the long run to give people a chance to have have their vote, make, make themselves be heard. And the cost, you know, it's been banded about from 
Uh, what is that? I think 600,000 to, to 850,000 I've seen on Twitter. No one's confirmed fully what that is. Is, is, that, is that true? Um, it's, yeah, around the £600,000 mark, which is, yeah, less than half of what it costs us to have a mayor for a year. So Okay. So, so you see it as, a, as, a, as an investment, because that's been one of the criticisms that this is a waste of money um, for what is a, you know, seen as a niche internal argument. Um, it's a waste of taxpayers' money. No, like I say, I think it'll produce massive savings in the long run. Aside from just the cost of the mayor's office alone, we've also had some very significant spending pledges that have turned out to be pretty poor. Thinking of Bristol Energy, that was fifty million of taxpayer money that's that's been lost completely now. Uh, that was pushed for under both under both mayors. Um, and I think if we'd had a committee system at the time, and more people have been looking at each decision that was being made, and it was made in a a more open way in an open meetings, et cetera, then perhaps we could have limited some of the excesses that we've seen under the mayoral system. Well, and there's been periods where, where Bristol um, has had sort of Liberal Democrat control yeah. under previous kind of systems. Um, and in many ways back then, it, it was kind of seen as a bit of a sort of graveyard of political progress. <laughs> um, did, would you accept that's true or would you, would you, would you push back at that? Uh, no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it was quite that bad. Um, certainly not. There was a lot of good things that were done. But I will also say that. Were you here then? Were you? How old are you now, Alex? I'm, I'm 27. Um, 27. So, yeah, obviously, no. you're not. You don't have a Bristolian. Where are you from? Blackburn. Yeah. Well, yeah. North of England. North of England. When did you come to the city? Uh, five and a half years ago now. Um, so, so you wouldn't no. have been here to know, would you? No, but I've been told by many people. Um, but the, the, the key thing to say is the period from 2000 to 2012, where everyone says it was the graveyard of political decision-making, that wasn't a committee system. That was leader and cabinet. It was before that, 1995 to 2000. That was when we had a committee system, when we were able to develop all of the harbour sides. That was done by a committee system. It was only when we had the centrally imposed... Um, leader cabinet model put on Bristol by the government that then in with also with having uh, elections by thirds then there was constant changing over of leadership etc this is if you're a sort of political uh, you know if you're a councillor you're a political kind of beast you'll understand the differences between different systems yeah. but it has been banded about that you know the committee system was voted out in 2012 so there has been a period where um you know, we haven't had actually a committee, a pure committee system. How, how can you, I guess, when you are on the doorstep, how can you simplify what that is and what that looks like? So I would say that it's it's all councillors being responsible for decisions that affect residents, that offers a more open, accountable, um, with ideas being scrutinised and tested before being agreed, as opposed to the opposite way around that we've got under the mayoral system where a decision is a decision's made and then it will go to scrutiny way after and the ball's already rolling before it can be scrutinised. Um, and it means an equal voice for everyone in the city. Doesn't it? Doesn't that sometimes, could, could that kind of reach a point where people are just talking and talking and talking and nothing, nothing gets done? I think it can be better sometimes rather than to rush into a decision to talk about it more thoroughly and make sure we've got something that, that works well. As I said, with both the arena, with Bristol Energy, etc. you've got Things that were being done, but things were being done very poorly. And perhaps if if we had had a committee of people from across the political divide sitting down and talking about it, it would one be open and proportional um, to to how how strong their parties are at any one time, and we'll get better decisions. Just because you're making a lot of decisions doesn't mean they're good. I, I would always argue that quality over quantity. Yeah. So do you accept that things are getting done more now? 
Um, I think there's more capacity for things to get done, um, whether or not things are being done to actually benefit the people of Bristol. <laughs> I've not seen a lot myself. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I, I guess the one interesting point is that what has kind of unified councillors across different parties is being in opposition to the mayor. With, with, if a mayor was removed, how can you guarantee that people would work, um, you know, in such a collaborative way without having a, a united enemy? Well, even when, when we have a mayor, we're still able to come together on, on motions in council. My, the first motion I put to council was unanimously agreed by, by all parties. So it's not that having a mayor means we can't work together or if we didn't have a mayor, we wouldn't be able to work together. I think, especially when you've got a situation of no overall control, um, as it is at the moment, then you're, you're forced to work together. And across the country, you've got really big cities, uh, Glasgow, Nottinghamshire, Brighton, Sheffield, they've all gone for the committee system. So it's not like we're outliers. Um, and I think we can see some really positive things happening in other places that we can easily replicate. Marvin has been criticised uh, for being too close to business in the city and, and by some people in, in the Liberal Democrat Party. Do, do, do you think that's true? I, I certainly think there's an element of that. I think certainly for big business, a mayor is a much better system than a committee system because they've got one person they can go and talk to. You know, we've seen that with developers reaching out to the mayor's assistant to get them help with on planning applications and all sorts. Um, whereas in a committee system, you don't they have to lots of different councillors to talk to, etc. So, and I think it was very telling when we had the when we had the actual vote in full council. There was thirty three representations by members of the public. Thirty two were in favour of, of scrapping there. The one that was in favour of keeping the mayoral system was from James Jury, the head of Business West. I think that just encapsulated how much this, the support is there. That is the charge: is that it enables under a mayoral system. Um, it's easier for business because I guess it's too many, it's less people to talk to and um, not enough red tape. Can that not be, that can be a bad, is that always a bad thing though? No, it's not inherently a bad thing. But the problem is we've got now in Bristol where Mayor Reese has set up the, the one city and that's effectively a, a shadow council, if you will, where decisions are being made, policies are being thought through, et cetera. But it's it's all very invitation only, you know, they're talking about, oh, we're inviting experts, but it seems to be the experts that they want to invite. Um, it's cross-sector, isn't it? And that, that's their argument, that it's people from different sectors, from charity sector, from business, from uh, from universities, education. So it's not just councillors. It's not just councillors talking to each other. What we're doing is we're, we're broadening the leadership in the city to work together. That can't be a bad thing. It can't. No, in, inherently as itself, it's not a bad thing. But the problem is that I know people who have like experts on, on transport, et cetera, who have asked to join the transport board and been told no, um, with no real reason behind it. And it seems to be a certain amount of, if you're in favor with the mayor at any one point, you might be on a, on a board. Uh, but if you're not, then you're, then you're out. And that, that shouldn't be how any decisions are being made. It can't just be because you're pally with someone that you, you're allowed to, to go in and make policy. But isn't it your job as as, as as councillors to challenge that? Have you not? Maybe maybe you haven't been robust enough 
um, to, to push back at the lack of transparency or, or what you would see as lack of transparency and, and you know, ne- I guess nepotism is what you're saying. You know, is that not the job of the chamber and opposition councillors to, to, to rally against that and do effective politics? It's, it's, it's what we're trying to do. But unfortunately, a lot of the time, scrutiny can be very difficult when we're not getting the, the full, full papers uh, before meetings. We're not getting all of the information. Things are being withheld. You know, this, this has happened on a very regular basis. So we can't we really struggle to scrutinise when we're facing that. It is interesting that that, that for the Liberal Democrats, I might find quite, you know, on, on a local level compared to a national level. So the Liberal Democrats have been critical of Labour of being too pro-business. Yet, you know, nationally, people would probably say that the Liberal Democrats are a party that, you know, obviously they went to coalition with the Conservatives, are quite business-light and quite business-friendly. You're not a kind of rad, you're not sort of a radical party looking for revolution, are you? No, well, of course not. I'm, I, we don't inherently have a problem with business. Don't get me wrong. It's just that we need to be taking communities' views into account, not just that of business. And unfortunately, under the mayoral system, business has had too much influence. It, I'm not saying you should have no influence, but it's had too much in comparison to local communities. You have cited that one of the reasons to abandon Bristol's mayor is because we do now have a, a, a Wecker mayor. Um, obviously, they're very different roles and responsibilities, though, aren't they? Um, you know, Dan Norris looks after sort of social, doesn't look after social care, but he looks after transport. So things like education, social care, bins, toilets, et cetera, et cetera. What, what will happen to that if we don't have a mayor? So that'll just be run by Bristol City Council as, as it is as it is currently. I think the, the problem is that Bristol City Council is actually a service organisation. Like you said, it provides bins, toilets, etc. That's what it should be focused on and that's what the leadership should be focused on. Not this idea of, oh, we're going around the world and we'll do this big project and this white elephant and we'll do this and that. What people want is for their libraries to be open, for the toilets to be open, to have good provision of uh, SEND education. That's what, that's the bread and butter, especially at the moment, you know, we've got a cost of living crisis. Going to Canada to talk about whatever is, is, is not, <laughs> it's, it's not what people want. That's not what people need from their leadership. Now we have a Wekamer, he can be that voice on the international stage, representing a larger region as well. So we'll be able to get more money from central government. We'll be so able you'd be to- okay if he went to Toronto? <laughs> If if he must, I don't know. We'll see why I couldn't have done a web visit myself. But <laughs> okay, okay. So you don't say so that, and that is one of the. I mean, I think actually in the in the um, uh, there was a consultation, wasn't there, with people? I think going back a couple of years ago, where what what is good and what's bad about the man. One of the things that was agreed that was positive was about visibility, hmm. having a focal point. Um, I think for me, it's it's not the the global focal point. It's having the focal point within the city. That I think that's one of the. the good, good things about the mayor that you can go to any person on the street and ask them who the mayor of Bristol is and they'll, they will likely know that it's Marvin Race. Whereas if you ask them who the local council is, a large amount of people probably wouldn't know. So I think yeah, that, I that visibility that. aspect is good. But then if you go to Manchester and you talk about Richard Lees, most people will know him and he's the leader of the council who's been a councillor. So it's just, you can still get that visibility through a different system. You don't have to have a mayoral system to get that visibility. They, they don't need it to be this grandstanding thing. They just need their services. Don't we yeah, want that, vision? That don't, we want, no, don't we want vision as well? World-class city? No, we can certainly Arenas. have vision as, yeah. as, a, as a committee of people who get together and say, okay, how can we build a Bristol for the 22nd century? I'm, I'm not saying you can't have vision, but you don't need to encapsulate that in one person and give them all the decision-making powers they need to to 
to make that vision happen with very little scrutiny or accountability around the role. Do you, do you think people really care about this referendum? Do, uh, do you, I mean, do you expect a, a decent turnout? I don't think turnout will be very high. I think people have got a lot of other things going on, like some cost of living crisis, and people are, there's lots of other things dominating the news at the moment, uh, for like Ukraine, for instance. So it's not going to be the top of people's lists, certainly not. But I think for a large group of people, it is an important issue. Um, like I said, the amount of times when we've been on the doorstep when people say, I'll just get rid of that mayor. Or, you know, if you ever read the comments section on, on the Bristol Post website, you'll see lots of people who are very animated about... There weren't many of them, yeah, but they, I, I, I've read those, but there weren't many um, still outside City Hall um, campaigning for the, the big photo shoot you had. From what I could see, they were all either current councillors or, or ex-councillors. There weren't many just members of the general public there. Why, why was that? There was. There certainly were some. I think there was about four, just shy of 40 of us um, there. And at the end of the day, that was organised by one at one group that is our city campaign. Um, how much public, uh, publicization that we got, I, I don't know. You don't, so you don't, you don't accept that it's a bit of a, it's quite niche and it's effectively an argument between politicians rather no, than... I, I think the there's, there's definitely feeling out there amongst the people of Bristol that there are real issues with the mayoral system and they want to be able to have have their say and say no we're not I don't doubt that but there aren't many that are going yes yes let's have the committee system are they it's easy to be anti and sort of links back to Brexit really it's easy to be anti but it's it's harder to sort of know uh, and and to be pro for what you want to come afterwards I haven't seen many comments on Bristol Post website for people calling for a committee system no perhaps not but that's that's our job to sell it through the course of the referendum but isn't it easier to sell a kind of a quick uh, fix Let's just leave and let's just go. But we're we're not we're we're not just saying oh we're just going to scrap the mayor and then you know we'll figure out what happens after, which is what happened with Brexit. You know we're saying no, we're going to have the committee system. So we've we've got the alternative there. We have a positive vision for Bristol. Do you think people know that enough though? Do you think that's cutting through? Do you think people really understand? I think yeah, like I said, with with everything else that's been going on, it's the campaign has not been as active as it maybe would have been in past years. Um, but I think, like I said, that's that's our job. That's why we're going out, speaking to people, delivering leaflets, having street stores, etc., to to spread that message and to get as many people to vote as possible. I'd rather people went and voted for keeping them there than not vote at all. I think apathy is apathy is the enemy of good governance. At the end of the day, this it's how democracy works. You know, you have to go and make your voice heard. If people really want to keep them there, then they should go and vote for that. That's how democracy works, coming from a Liberal Democrat after campaigning against the Brexit referendum for about two years for the alternative vote of popular vote. Come on. Skin of, a rhino, skin of a rhino, Alex. <laughs> I don't think it was the, the desire within the general public to have the referendum on Brexit as there is in Bristol to have a referendum on scrapping the mayor. I'd say that much. Yeah, but I think that once the vote was, you know, I'm on about overturning a, a democratic vote. Yeah, so for instance, in the 2019 general election, our policy was if we get a majority of MPs, then we will overturn Brexit. So that would then be people voting and people saying, no, we've fed up with this Brexit mess. We're going to vote for someone else. The Lib Dems, they weren't going to scrap Brexit altogether. Let's vote for them. So only if we got a majority, so then you've had a new vote. As long as you've got a new vote to take account of people's issues, that's why we're having the referendum. We don't just want to 
Uh, you just wanted to have a end. vote to just so just so it would go the way that you wanted it to go. So soon, you know, we, we don't have a vote on everything immediately, do we? No. Um, so you don't see any, any, there's no, you don't see any point of hypocrisy there? No. No. Okay. I get a feeling that the, the pro-mayoral campaign, which is to my, uh, to my kind of knowledge to this point has been fairly low key. I wonder if they want it to be a low turnout. It will benefit them if it is a low turnout. I think we're just running very different elections. I think we're going out, speaking to people on the doorstep. We're putting leaflets through through doors, etc. We're not we're not doing big social media splurges. Um, you know that's that's not how we do things. We'd rather go and into our communities and, and talk to people directly. So yes, you is don't that because people feel charged up by it? It's more of a it's more of an evangelical calling to get rid of something to replace something because we've had it. It's more emotive. I think yeah, there's, there's, there's there seems to be more, more cheerleaders for this than there does. You know, it's been harder for me to find people to come forward for interview from the pro campaign. Yeah, well, it's it's very hard to say with passion why we should keep the status quo. Um, which um, we talked about the Brexit referendum. You know, we saw that from the Remain campaign. It was very difficult. It was all about oh well, it'll be end times if if we leave. Um, Unfortunately, that positive vision wasn't made enough then, and I, I've not seen very much of it this time. You'll be out and about pounding the streets, then, will you, in the next couple of weeks? Yes, yeah. I managed to get absolutely soaked when I was out today. For all of about 10 minutes, it just pissed it down and pissed wet through. But uh, yes, I will continue to be pounding the streets until election day. Are we going to see loads of I'm on the doorstep photos on Twitter then? <laughs> I imagine uh, so, yeah. Politicians yeah. love those. <laughs> Great. Thank you, Alex. No all the best. Cheers. Thank Cheers. Bye bye. Many thanks to Alex Hartley for joining us in this week's episode of Bristol Unpacked. And we'll be back with a slightly different perspective on the Merrill referendum. Thanks for listening to Bristol Unpacked. I'm the presenter, Neil Maggs. And a big thanks to Afra Evans, our audio editor, Adam Cantwell-Corn, our executive producer, and Blue Dot for our music. <laughs>